Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers on the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is October 19th, 2022, and this is episode 57. I'm your co-host, Pete. With me as always, my good friend, Howell. Two episodes in one week. I know. We're being... I know. Uh, We're back we're in a big crazy. way. I know. Our two-month hiatus is... Our two-month hiatus is uh, making us motivated, I guess. I uh, I got a text from a friend who texted me and said, I was glad to hear the, new, the podcast was back. I, th- I thought you might have <laughs> called it quits. So <laughs> we're doing it. I'm doing it for you, Dan. Doing it for um, the fans. Oh, Dan. I'm oh, sure Dan. you, I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm sure you, what, what, you know, Dan? No, I'm just saying, hello, Dan. Oh, okay. Hi. Oh, actually, you might have played golf with Dan at Avenel back in the day. Oh. Um, He was a cart boy with me. Oh, very nice. That was, yeah. For Secretary Ridge? (laughs) We did see Secretary Ridge (laughs) on the course a couple times. Uh, I can't can't comment on how he tipped, but Mm. uh, um, I actually don't remember, but... um, if it was like most people, it was probably poor. So, um, <laughs> uh, maybe your service yeah. was poor. Uh, that could be the case too. Yes. Uh, I was a, I was a snarky 20 something grad student who thought I was better than being a cart boy. Um, you were, but, but, uh, were. had some good times on the, on the course back there. It's now, what is it? TPC Potomac now? Is that what uh, it's called? Potomac Farms? Potomac, uh, I don't Something know. Something like that, I forget, yeah. So we can, this is easily solvable by Google search, but I don't want to do that. No. So, it's a waste of time. Um, so you're on your own tonight. Your your wife is celebrating in Mexico. My wife is in Mexico. She's a drug mule. Um, sorry, that that's racist. Soon to be. Um, soon to be. Soon to be. <laughs> She's auditioning. On the way uh, back. She, she and several of her girlfriends are in There Cabo. is a crisis at the border. So. There is. Uh, they're celebrating their 40th. It's a two-year delayed trip uh, celebrating their 40th birthdays, um, even though it's two years after the fact. Um, so they're at a gorgeous villa. She sent me a picture that made me very jealous, and I'm very happy for her. And I hope she's having a wonderful time and relaxing and not worrying about the kids and me. Uh, my mom is here, but, um, you know, oh. there's... There's, you made uh, it sound like you had to put the kids to bed all by, by yourself. I did, actually, because my mom is wonderful, and I appreciate. She's kind, but not necessarily the most helpful. No, she is. I mean, she read stories to them, which was what I needed her to do. But I still did all the baths and still put them all to bed. But she occupied one kid while I was dealing with the other, and then the next I kid while I was dealing with the other. Um, if you so, yelled which, "Ma," if you yelled "Ma," meatloaf. Would she, would she bring some to you? She would be. She would get right in the kitchen and start making it. <laughs> Maylove, Maylove, fuck! <laughs> I don't even know what she's doing. I never know. So uh, yeah, well, how are you? I hope you survive. Thanks. Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm great. Um, we're um, how, how's how's your succession and other things? Oh, we haven't we haven't watched any episodes since oh. since last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, how did that particular episode go? We didn't even watch it. Oh. Never, I went upstairs and my wife wasn't asleep. So, oh, okay. Um, 
So yeah, typical. We haven't watched any episodes. If we get done in a timely manner tonight, which we won't, we'll we might watch one. But um, so maybe I'll just go downstairs and watch something on Apple TV. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds about right. So anyway, we uh, had quite a conversation last time. So wanted to pick it back up. Let's do it. Um. So I want to. I want to before we get started. And I know you wanted to talk about the Lincoln Project. I wanted to real, real quickly throw a wrench in our, our, um, our agenda. Please and do. I realized that I, I, I wanted to quickly touch on a couple of foreign policy things. Have you realized how fucked up things are foreign policy wise? Um, uh, like, in, with respect to what? The world. <laughs> <laughs> um, not necessarily. Like, is it that bad? Uh, well, I mean, okay. First, we did one episode on Ukraine, and I think, I think, I don't know how you would assess it, but I think the Biden administration has done about made a, about as best of a situation out of the Russia the Russia invasion as they could at this point. They've they brought NATO and Europe together for the time being. They've supplied arms. Um, they've given Ukraine sort of a wind at their backs to fight off a lot of this and now they're even conducting a uh you know a push to push back russians obviously there's lots of um lots of levers that putin can pull but i think it's probably going about as bad for putin as it could um that said at the same time i think this winter will be interesting um because russia is going to squeeze energy supplies and test europe's resolve um, and then, of course, there's always the nuclear option. And I've read several um, several analysis that say, um, you know, we're we're slowly escalating towards a nuclear, some sort of nuclear standoff, um, which is obviously not great. And I was actually chatting about this, and I don't. Ukraine at this point probably wants to get all their territory back, right? Because they're pushing. Right. Um, pushing Russia back and pretty much winning the war, um, at least from a traditional standpoint. Uh, and but at the same time, I don't see any scenario where the two things exist: Ukraine wins back their territory, and Putin is still in power in Russia. So, um, and I don't know how that gets resolved, but it's probably messy. In addition to the messiness i don't know do you have any thoughts on ukraine and and i know i brought this up as something i wanted to talk about before and so i'm just i'm sorry i'm springing this on you in the middle of our no i mean i i think uh for as long and it's it's weird to say for as long as it's dragged on because it's only been what eight eight months six yeah nine months nine months eight nine months started in february so you know, as far as like the length of wars go, this has not gone on that long, but uh, it's gone on long enough to where it seems like Putin is getting desperate, or at least he a lot of desperate things are coming out. Like, he, like when you said there, he had levers he could pull, and I immediately thought of the nuclear thing before you said it because mm-hmm. that's kind of been what's been uh, talked about lately. Somebody even put up a graphic of um, if he were to fire a nuclear weapon in Ukraine. And they equated it to like it would be just as bad if it was dropped in New York City and this was the blast radius. I was like, whoa, like mm. 
So, um, and then he's declaring martial law in the mm-hmm. cities that they still occupy in Ukraine. You know, it doesn't really seem like um, he's keeping it together. But like, like you said, the scenario by which he's still in power, they Russia loses the war and he stays in power. Those things can't happen together. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might, he just might go full, full on psycho. Um, mm. in addition to, in addition to trying to cut off Russian oil and yeah, it's gonna, yeah, I think you're right. I I honestly have not spent a lot of time thinking about it cause it's probably just too terrifying to actually think about from somebody who has a passing, uh, uh, understanding of foreign policy. Yeah. You would just hope that, I don't know that there's outreach being done to, to some some people inside Russia that'd be like, can you just get rid of this guy so that we can, mm-hmm. you know, resolve this? Um, but there's no guarantee that whoever takes over wouldn't be worse. So it's certainly as kind of as you mentioned, it's like it's kind of going on in the background and people just forget about it. But it's still yeah. could be pretty terrifying pretty quickly. Well, um, is the but also because of that is this is that how, is that why the fact that we have not committed troops to this. Is that why people aren't paying attention to it? Do you think? Um, it's easier to ignore. I, I, yeah, I mean, we haven't committed our own people to this. Oh, I mean, I would say for sure, right? Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think it's uh, yeah, it's happening o- away from here. Um, it's yeah. not really requiring a daily um, glance by by people unless they seek it out. Right. I mean, except for when you hear about these, you know, atrocities striking schools or whatever on on purpose. And even then it's kind of like, Oh, that's over there. So yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the real, the real impact is actually on the, you know, it's how it's hurting inflation. And that's really what people are paying attention to. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that's like we kind of go – it could be – it's going on in the background, but it could get terrifying pretty quickly. Then in addition to that, you've got like Europe electing far-right governments like Italy yeah. elected basically its most uh, right-wing government since Mussolini. Um, and then Sweden just did as well. Uh, and then I don't know if you saw this today, but like uh, – did you hear see about this chaos in the British Parliament where Liz Truss is it, like basically about to get about to get a vote of no confidence? Yeah, because she's she's walked she's she had this very aggressive like tax policy that they pushed forth with the far because they're kind of like supported by pretty hardline um, uh, conservatives over there yeah. and. I guess she kind of walked it back and now she's lost a lot of the, um, she's already fired two of members of her cabinet who were kind of her big supporters. And, um, you know, I, I mean, it seems like, and the UK had this huge, like, um, bond crisis a couple weeks ago where, um, like, I don't understand what was going to happen, but basically their financial system was on the verge of collapse. So, you know, when people think, it's bad here. We could be another country. So, True. um, well, uh, I will, 
you had today yeah. uh, one of the things I know we're going to get into the Republican, you know, what happens if Republicans take over. But McCarthy said today that uh, if Republicans take over mm. the majority in the House, that there won't be a blank check for Ukraine. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can, which we can talk about that say, later. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say I mean, I think it's OK. We get into this on this one now and then we can stop okay. and pick up the other stuff later. But um it's not to say that they won't that they're pulling support from Ukraine. It's just that mm-hmm. he's fitting in with kind of the America first sort of ideal that well, we got to take care of our own house first before we start doling out all this money to other countries, especially because the U.S. is donating or giving you know three times what the EU is doing and five or ten times more than the United Kingdom and um, both in military, humanitarian, and financial aid. Um, so I think that's, which has kind of been the rhetoric for a long time. I mean, there's been a lot of Republicans who've been saying that about the UN for decades, that because we pay so much, you know, we need to stop paying as much to the UN because um, whatever, 60% of their budget or 70% of their budget comes from US appropriations or something like that. So, um, well, I mean, the UN isn't fighting off a authoritarian. No, right. Um, right. But, but, but I'm just saying uh, it's, it's not I, necessarily uh, new rhetoric. That's my point. I I think that statement McCarthy made could have been a lot worse had he said there will be no additional money going right. to Ukraine. Right. But to say, I think, um, to say it won't be a blank check is 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 some you could defend that. I I, I think the right. message is poor because it's say it's it's signaling to Russia that like if the the Republicans take that that. America won't be as um, behind the Ukraine as yeah. they are now. Yeah. But I I think you could find a way to defend, even though I disagree with the statement, I think you could find a way to defend it because, I mean, the whole message, and we'll get to this, is, is likely going to be about spending, right? And so, like you yes. say, yeah. that ties in nicely with the blank check. Um, but I, I think it's a terrible time to be saying something like that. Um, yeah. And... And it does, it could give a little bit of, you know, if Putin, if I can hold on till, yeah. till, till November, January, <laughs> then, uh, then, then things might work out because I have a, you know, America will be facing its own crisis or whatever. But, yeah. um, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's all to say that, um, it's not just America that's screwed up that, there's all sorts of stuff going all over the on all over the world that um, is pretty terrible. So yeah. let's let's uh, let's start talking about America now. <laughs> um, sorry to sorry to take us on a sidetrack for no, ten minutes, no, but I appreciate um, you. Um, I appreciate you. Um, so I know you wanted to talk about you the Lincoln Project. Um, and you've brought them up several times, uh, as, as kind of being grifters and, um, you don't really like the guys. And I can say that, um, some of the guys in, that were in it originally, like Steve Schmidt, um, are not necessarily known as being the, the nicest or most upstanding people around, but, um, I am curious, uh, um, you know, I guess you've been watching a documentary. What you, what you have to say about them? 
Yeah, I mean, Showtime has got his, I believe it's a six-part documentary on on um, on uh, Lincoln Project, and it it from what I I have only gotten through three of the episodes so far, so I've got three more to go. Um, but from what I understand, it and it doesn't paint them very well by the end. And I think you know, I think like like anything when Lincoln Project first first uh, came around and first started, I think you know the it was a good thing. Um, it was Republicans standing up to Trump and Trumpism and authoritarianism mm-hmm. and protecting democracy. And I think over time, it became a, a grift when uh, when these guys, some of these guys, I won't say all of them, but some of these guys thought they could they could turn this into a money making machine for themselves. Um, there was talk about at one point uh, a media company coming out of this after the 2020 election um, that would create quote generational wealth for these for the founders, um, and that seemed like part of its motivation. So, watching this thing, like I said, I'm only three episodes in, and I can report back on the last three next time we talk real fast. But you know, they started out I think with good intentions, and then very very quickly turned into just self righteous. Uh, sanctimonious assholes all of them um and just kind of i don't know th- there was a lot of self-loathing i think under the under the under it all i think a lot of them had like lee atwater on his deathbed had a lot of regrets on what kind of ads they he created and what kind of narratives he he created for his campaigns that were you know had racial undertones or were certainly you know played to the fears uh of a lot of people in order to win campaigns but i kept thinking like that's that's every campaign since the beginning of time even now um i mean if nothing has changed and these guys i get that they some some of the things they think they did they regret and i understand that but you know they play to the fears on a lot of their ads about trump and some warranted and some maybe not but you know they they did they did what they do that what they do best as Um, is the does the sorry does the um are they a part of this documentary or is it they are it is following them around they they were filmed basically through this whole process so you see what happened in real time during the 2020 election the run-up it takes place i think it starts like the summer Mm -hmm. before um the summer before the, the the 2020 election and, and do um, they exp- and do they express this sort of remorse for their their previous yeah um oh, for as like when they were GOP attack dogs yeah they they expressed the, okay I mean that's that's interesting because I thought the whole purpose of of them forming to do this you know principled against they were like we need to be the Democrats need that type of they need to fight fire with fire and they need to do that. And then, like you said, they created some of these, these ads that leaned into the fear or leaned into, you know, Mm -hmm. this will be a handmaid's tale type stuff. Um, uh, which is, is, is this, you know, I think a bit, it's, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, I mean, um, that is, <clears throat> that's what I was thinking this whole time. Like, you know, there, some of these guys are talking about the regret they feel about some of the camp, the way they ran campaigns in the past and, and their rapid response mm-hmm. and their ad campaigns while still like, yeah, we have to fight fire with fire kind of attitude um, against mm-hmm. Trump. And, you know, my whole problem, my issue with this, if they had just kept their focus on Trump, which was their original you know, target, 
they started going after other candidates and senators and house members. And that's, these are people who are there. The way, at least I see the documentary turning right now into episode three is that these guys are upset because they've been, had the door shut on them so many times. Cause a lot of these guys were part of losing campaigns. Steve Schmidt, he lost in 2008. Um, they had Romney's uh, ad guy. He lost in 2012. Like these guys were, for lack of a better word, losers. And they had the door shut in their face because nobody wanted them to work because they weren't winning campaigns at that point anymore. And it just sort of seemed like they were trying to get revenge on the people who took their place at the table. Um, That's the way it looks like it's playing, at least in my view at this point. But um, I'm excited to watch the last three episodes because Steve Schmidt, I think last week or the week before, went on this Twitter just tirade talking about how everybody read galen who's one of the only original guys left at lincoln project uh and rick wilson the other one need to need to step down from the board they need to leave the lincoln project like he just went nuts at them so i'm really curious what the last uh, couple episodes bring i haven't had a chance to watch them but will uh i will over the next uh, week or so um and how you know there is some issues on what who enriched themselves who really made all the money from these ads um and uh was it truly a grift um which you know a lot of they've been accused of and it and it looks like it's heading that way um but i also find it funny that steve schmidt is you know again trying to cleanse himself or whatever of whatever demons he has from this experience because he clearly made a lot of money from from the lincoln project as well um and they have an and it's kind of funny how they're glossing over the whole john weaver um uh, sexual assault accusations accusations they start off the episode like oh weaver's not here because he had a heart attack and that's why he's not in this documentary which i don't i think that was true or he, i knew he had some sort of health condition that kept him in texas and he wasn't at the home base for lincoln project which was in park city utah mm-hmm. um oh i didn't realize that yeah but they're ignoring yeah they had they all because that's where well, steve schmidt lives and that's where reed yeah. galen lives they they live in park city um, and that if they found an office in Park City to be the headquarters and like hmm. Rick Wilson moved from Tallahassee. Maybe I'll go work for them. Maybe you should tell, get, the, get an inside scoop on what's happening. But a lot of the founders, a bunch of the founders are no longer with the organization uh, just because of a lot of a lot of stuff went down internally um, and a lot of accusations and infighting. But um, I highly recommend watching it. It's it gets a little it gets a little tough to watch just because they they really do get super super self righteous, um, but still, uh, it's an interesting. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what just, what just happened? My my daughter is trying to sneak up behind me and scare me, ah. and she failed. Your hat was on. That's what I saw. Oh my god! Uh, is that a poop yeah. emoji? That it's up? a poop emoji hat. That yeah, lights up. That lights up again. That was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, lovely. All right. Anywho. Hi. Um, <laughs> we can edit that out. Yeah, we'll edit that out. Don't uh, um, I just wanted to say real quickly about the Lincoln Project um, that. I thought the original intention was was uh was good. We you know, we needed 
they help battling the forces of Trumpism and, like you mm-hmm. said, fight, fighting fire with fire. But even myself, who is overly sympathetic to that purpose, has found that many of their ads have gone too far, not too far, but they're just kind of ridiculous and seem yeah. to be and the and the number of I, at one point I gave like twenty five dollars to them early on, and the number of solicitations I get from them now still to this day I bet I get multiple a day yeah and I'm like I mean that I think the battle still does wait go on to fight the forces of Trumpism and sure um, you know I I welcome any any help or anybody that tries to do that as well but like it does seem to be it's become a political operation it seems to have become a political enrichment operation yeah um kind of like many of the people that did stuff for trump like uh what's his name that got the digital guy that um that ran his campaign for a while like they, they almost seem like the reverse version of those guys so anyway um i don't get showtime but you can tell me how the the rest yeah. of the the one side note, one interesting thing is they actually track how much the Lincoln Project raises up to the point in that doc, in the documentary. So it's like three day, three mm-hmm. or four days out from the election, and I think at that point they they had raised somewhere between like seventy eight and eighty five million dollars, and they were oh, only wow. in, they were only in existence for nine months prior to that, eight months prior to that, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, wow, um, yeah. So just a crazy amount of money, um, and they really only employed. I mean, they had. A lot of people just thought they were an ad machine, and I think the interesting thing is that they actually had a very sophisticated voter targeting um, uh, apparatus in place, Uh, and Mm -hmm. that's how they that's how they decide where to run ads and what districts and what states. And it was actually really impressive. Um, But yeah, but yeah, it devolves from there anyway. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, stay tuned for Pete's synopsis of the My book final three episodes um let's switch turn switch uh gears to something more optimistic mm-hmm. and we talked about the elections lot last week mm-hmm. and um a poll came out this week that shows generic ballot republican versus democrat who do you plan to vote for amongst likely voters and it was done by the New York Times, Siena uh, University, and found Republicans with a 49 to 45% lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that uh, gap or, you know, the Democrats, whatever the post-Dobbs enthusiasm that may have existed appears to now be overtaken by concerns about inflation and um, the economy. So, uh, we're probably looking at, at, uh, a a GOP takeover of the house and, and um, possibly the Senate. Senate, Senate to be determined. I think it's still probably slightly the Democrats are favored just because of the quality of candidates. But, um, you know, they're talking about all sorts of wild things happening, um, from, uh, um, you know, potentially Herschel Walker closing the gap to this, this O'Day guy in Colorado beating, um, is it Bennett? 
Is that who the senator is? From yeah, Colorado? I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it will either. But it's you know, I think it's everything's getting closer. Essentially, yeah. real um, real clear politics has got their projection is that it'll be a fifty-two seat majority for the Republicans in the Senate. Um, they're predicting that Walker Herschel Walker is going to win. Um, and um, Adam uh, Laxalt in Nevada is going to win. Uh, it'd be Catherine Cortez Masto. So Fetterman would Fetterman would lose too. Fetterman would win his seat. Um, so Doctor Oz would lose, but JD Vance. Well, then that would only that would only be. I take that back. back. Uh, No, no, no. Fetterman is going to would lose, and and under real clear politics. I'm sorry, I take that back. No, Um, which is possible. It's not possible. I mean, with Georgia, the only I think the only way that Herschel Walker wins is that, and I was it was kind of funny. One of my colleagues mentioned this on one of our staff calls this week is that Brian Kemp's Governor Kemp's lead gets so great over Stacey Abrams that he basically drags Herschel Walker across the mm-hmm. finish line uh, and to, mm-hmm. bar- to barely beat Warnock um, mm-hmm. because Stacey Abrams' numbers keep going down in Georgia. Um, they're not going up and she's done herself almost zero favors during debates and post-debate interviews and all that in the last couple of weeks. Um, but, and then with Nevada, well, the, it's interesting because the Nevada was, everything I've read is that everything state down, statewide down to, or, you know, the U S Senate race to the governors, to the legislative races, the democratic party is like imploding in Nevada right now. They're not getting the type of union support that uh, they had gotten when Harry Reid was still around and his political apparatus was in place. Um, there's a, a rumor I saw an article somewhere that that uh, former President Obama is probably going to go to Los, go to Nevada to try and help somehow. You know, mm-hmm. you know, rally the troops. I guess. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. And then Real Clear is talking about the House races that it will be a House Republican majority, um, that they should get 221 seats, 218 is the majority. Um, so it's, well, it's interesting. The good thing is, is that we're, we're about to talk about, um, uh, all the crazy things that Kevin McCarthy is going to do. Maybe <laughs> not some, um, and regardless, I don't think, uh, the Senate will have either a filibuster proof majority so um even if they impeach president biden um uh, i don't think they will have the votes to do anything but anyway that's what we wanted i wanted to talk about was kevin mccarthy um has talked about in a recent interview his agenda should should he become speaker of the house in january um and I have a couple of thoughts, but I know you had a chance to to uh, review it a little bit, and you said you had some thoughts, so I'll let you go first. I just kind of pulled up, uh, you know, they have these guys always, whenever Republicans and Democrats, when they're getting ready to take over majority or they wanted to put out bold ideas, they put up websites um, with all yep. like the supporting documents. So actually, Kevin McCarthy on his uh on his Republican leader website for his, so his house website has already got all this stuff up there. So I was just kind of looking through the, the one pagers that he's got. Um, he's got a couple, he's got a pocket card. It kind of talks about what they want to do. Um, a lot of it's kind of boilerplate. 
uh, Republican things that have been around for a while, but definitely with a tinge of um, America first kind of stuff in here. Um, you know, he did say that impeachment would not be impeachment for political reasons would not be on the agenda for Republicans if they take the majority. But I, did you catch what I said there? Impeachment for, for political, political reasons. reasons. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll try. Yeah. And f- somebody's going to try and find a way that's not political, i.e., like Hunter Biden stuff. I know a lot of them are chomping at the bit to to go after the well, Hunter Biden's issues. Can, yeah, I, I mean that was going to be the thing that I I know that wasn't specifically in his agenda. Yeah, um, I was happy to hear him actually say that he didn't have any plan. Like I I wouldn't have been surprised if he had just come out and said, "Oh, I I'm uh, um, going to we're we're gonna." pursue investigations into Biden that could lead to impeachment um, from day one. You know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had come out and said that. Um, I was happy that he said, you know, he, he held it off for now. Yeah. However, um, and allow me to pull this up. Uh, the, the Marjorie Taylor Greene has already tried to um, introduce articles of five articles of impeachment uh, on Joe Biden and she is going to be empowered in the new, uh, a new Congress. Um, and I believe that he probably will have to cede at least one of those to her at some point that she has, she will run with. Um, and so I think, that will be, and maybe, and maybe it, it doesn't end up being Biden. Maybe they it ends up being Mayorkas for his handling of the border, mm-hmm. or something like that. But the idea that it's not for political reasons, it you know they can say it's not for political reasons, but that's totally exactly what it is. Um, sure. So um, we have let, that to look forward to at least. Yeah. So that I just wanted to say that about the impeachment and what I'm trying to pull up these numbers. They actually said. Um, in this article that, oh, there we go. The, at, at this rate in the last two years, um, de- uh, Republicans have actually introduced more articles of impeachment against Biden than the Democrats had at this point in two years of Trump's, um, Trump's administration, which I found surprising, um, let me see what it what, what the amount it was, but most of them have been met with little to no support. Um, let me see if I can get it. Um, where was it? Of the nine impeachment resolutions introduced against Biden since he took office, did you realize that? I didn't realize that nine yeah, had been that. introduced. None have more than seven co-sponsors, and three have zero. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene has introduced five of those articles of impeachment, including for dereliction of duty in Afghanistan, causing a national security crisis on our southern border, the eviction moratorium, none of Greene's moves to impeach have advanced. Hmm. Um, So anyway, I can imagine that – sorry, my computer's freezing. I can still hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, I can imagine that 
something will pick up steam once she once she is in the majority. So we have that to look forward to. What else do we have to look forward to? I mean, I think she could. I think he's he is. It's been well. It's not been public. It's been kind of said through rumor that he is. A lot of leadership is sick and tired of her shit, and I'm, I highly doubt. Like they're not going to give her a committee chairmanship. They're, they're not going to give her a you know a subcommittee. Chairmanship. Can I quote you on that? I mean, that's what I would think if they're if they really want to minimize the drama, they wouldn't give her the platform because they're already tired of her BS. We'll see if that happens, obviously. But uh, back to the, his agenda. I mean, some of this stuff, it's kind of interesting. Like it's a lot of this. Some of this is not, you know, small government stuff, um, which I find funny. But the first thing he said, the first bill that House Republicans would uh, would try and pass next year is a repeal of the of the additional IRS funding from the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, you know, the supposed 87,000 more agents um, to the IRS, which uh, is a number that's. I, I've read is highly inflated and nowhere near yes. eighty seven thousand. It's more about updating, yes. updating um, uh, computers and processes by which to process. Um, and a lot of it is to returns. replace uh, retirees and things yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, so the real number is many thousand less. Yeah, um, but they're coming and- for you. And then uh, in response to like and some of the education stuff I find really interesting, he said uh, Republicans would aim to pass a parent's bill of rights that would give parents more say uh, in the curriculum curriculum that is taught in schools. I thought Republicans wanted to abolish the Department of Education. They wanted to get federal. How would it be used in the culture war, Pete? They want to get federal involvement out of what is supposed to be a local issue. But they're more than happy to introduce a parents' and bill of rights. I don't know if you followed this on any of the state level, but maybe we may have even talked about this in Tennessee, um, in one of the school districts that was allowing parents to, uh, you know, uh, basically propose books to be removed from the library. They were proposing books about Martin Luther King to be removed, yeah. um, and you know, many of the foundational books on civil rights uh, and writings on civil rights were being included in that. So, you know, yeah. we have, yeah, yeah. So let's let's make sure we give parents uh, the the right to dictate the curriculum because and not leave it up to professionals. I mean, I'm I'm I I'm more comfortable with parents having a voice in this. I'm not comfortable with having a voice. I'm not I'm not comfortable with the federal government stepping in. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, of course, they want to do something about only women can participate in women's sports. Like, right. It's not yes. the business. That is not the business of the federal government to get involved I, I, with at We all. agree on. It's just ridiculous that. to me. Um, you know, what was the other one? You know, they want to they uh, hold hearings to investigate China. Uh, they want to try and move the supply chain away from China. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, yeah, there, I mean, again, there's not a lot of specifics. Not a lot of specifics, um, but it's, you know, some of the stuff is, you know, demand, confront big tech and demand fairness for greater privacy. What about inflation? Well, yeah, inflation is a big one, too. Like, you know, pro-growth policies, economic policies oh, to increase wages. Who doesn't want pro-growth policies? Well, yeah, but I mean, I, honestly, you know, Biden's not doing a great job, and there's been plenty of uh, uh, charts that have been put out there in the last several months that show this was not an issue under Trump. 
and it became an issue under Biden. Now, whether it's Biden's fault is another question, but there are obviously something happened. Uh, Every country in the world is experiencing inflation. I, that, I, I, I'm not disputing that, but I'm saying there is obviously. Well, I mean, you're saying that it's Biden's fault. I know. So, uh, I didn't say it was Biden's fault. I said things got bad with that Biden okay. has not done a good job what, to control. Well, you by saying it, it wasn't happening under Trump, you made it sound like. Well, I said it, uh, the charts were showing that this was not a problem under Trump, and then with Biden, it became one. So it's somewhere something happened that had that made it spike. So I, I think be, actually whether that be stagnant yeah. wages or you know too much, uh, too little supply for too much demand, whatever it is. Um, I mean, you have some Democrats. I, I don't remember who it was today said we oh, we probably overdid it with the um, America Rescue or Relief right. Act, whatever it was, yeah. um, which I think anybody looking at this objectively now, I think you should you would probably say that's the case. And sure, that contributed to inflation. Um, so, yeah, I, I I I get that the Democrats have to wear inflation. Um, what I don't appreciate is that Republicans get points without offering specific um, actions to counter inflation. Uh, well, a lot of this, and I haven't heard any of that. A lot of these actually do have uh, legislative details. There's a, the, you know, if you go to the Kevin McCarthy's website, there is a tab and some of them are actual is actual legislation that has already been introduced that they think is the right answer. And some are like um, white papers, more or less. Um, so I haven't read all of those. So I'm not going to. My understanding is one of the one of the proposals is um, some sort of reform to uh, Social Security um, that might include cuts or something. Um, uh, and that to to get that, and maybe this is not in McCarthy's plan, but someone else's plan, um, or has proposed this. But one of the things that the Republicans are prepared to do is use um, the debt the debt ceiling as a as a bargaining chip, and that's obviously Kevin McCarthy's not going to put that in his plan. Although he did address it in an interview where he said. Um, you know, we can't just keep spending where, you know, which is a fundamental misunderstanding of the debt ceiling because the debt ceiling is for what you've already spent. It's not for what you intend to spend. Um, and they are willing to, to you know, play financial brinksmanship with the debt ceiling to try and get concessions out of, out of the Democrats. Um, uh, are you familiar with that or... Um, and if so, or even if not, what do you, what do you think about, um, using the debt ceiling in that, in that manner? I am not familiar with what, what has been said in terms of the strategy. Um, you know, the debt ceiling has been a political ping pong ball for a very long time already. So I'm not surprised, but, um, it's always a game of chicken and, it usually seems like the majority gets what they want at the end of the day. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I really don't have a lot of insight into that, to be honest. But um, it's not something I'm worried about, honestly. 
uh, and never have been because it's just sort of it's some people and people sh you should people should be worried about it. Don't take my you know kind of casual approach to it as anything, but it's just that you know we've seen this same scenario play out multiple times, and <laughs> it always seems to either kind of work out or go away altogether. Yeah, I I just I, that's what I I mean. I agree with you that it ends up working out. So why do we go through the dance? Because, um, because uh, you have to have a hostage. <laughs> yeah, but the, in this in this case, the hostage is a uh, potentially lowering the credit rating of the of the only sure thing in the in the global financial system at the moment, which is the, the U.S. dollar. Um, and you're 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 like unnecessarily uh, risking financial calamity which as i mentioned to you earlier mm -hmm. i don't think is at all a conservative way of 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 governing uh, i, I um, agree i agree but there's so there's they call themselves conservatives oh i i mean look i i understand why they do it i just don't think it fits within their so-called conservative principle right. It's really about spending. Why didn't they do anything when Trump was president where they added I agree. trillions of dollars to uh, the debt and without cutting spending? Yeah, I agree. Um, I 100% So it just, it just seems empty and seems opportunistic. And as, you, as I've made very clear on this podcast is the type of thing that really makes me angry. Um, and I believe the Republicans are the are the only ones who've used the debt ceiling in this manner, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, it would make sense because they can claim it's you know the fiscally we're trying just looking out for our our fiscal um, fiscal keeping our fiscal house in order. But yeah, um, so. I don't know. I just think, I mean, I'm preparing for the inevitable, the, the, you know, the way our politics are, the way districts are drawn. There's so few competitive races now, um, that it's going to be, it's go, there's going to be a, a Republican house in January. It's just a matter of, and I don't think Kevin McCarthy is, the leader that's going to be able to control Marjorie Taylor Green, or um, I, yeah, I doubt it. And he needs her. You know, are we? He needs her. Are we looking at a Speaker Stefanik, which maybe she might even do a better job? I don't know. Um, as 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 much as she's shape shifted over the last six years or however long, I bet she's probably smarter than Kevin McCarthy and could probably figure out a way to 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 keep those people in check. So I don't know, but I guess it's his lifelong dream to be speaker of the house. Apparently it is nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe at least Stefanik is the, is the choice. I mean, it took, you know, the Republicans were in chaos after, uh, Newt Gingrich and then, um, Congressman Livingston, uh, was caught with his scandal. And when he was supposed to be speaker after Newt, and they went for the lowly uh, Republican deputy. I think he was a deputy whip or was he whip? I forget. Denny Hastert, who became speaker and kind of he calmed it all down somehow. 
um, before he went to jail for pedophilia. Um, but uh, that's besides the point. Who among us? Who among us hasn't? But anyway. Um, so maybe it does take kind of a down bench person to come in and be speaker to really kind of calm things down. I, I, I think that's what Boehner was going for with Paul Ryan, but things were so... The, the Trump insurgence was already happening well before any of that, um, that there was no quieting down that caucus at that point. So I'll be interested to see how I don't I'll, I'll be interested to see if this works out the way that Kevin McCarthy wants it to um, or thinks it's going to. Yeah, it doesn't seem like much has gone according to his plan over the last uh, yeah. four years. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> It'd be a shame if it all blows up in his face. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Anyway. Well, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, not really. I think it's you know. We'll see. I just want to see. Great. The, I just want to see the uh, the the Trump healthcare proposal that we were supposed to see. Like, <laughs> like the it, week. It's infrastructure week. It's infrastructure. infrastructure. <laughs> Oh, I just love uh, it. Like it was like it was like a week before Biden's inauguration, and Trump was like, "Oh, we're going to roll out the health care plan," <laughs> which he had been saying every other week for like a year and a half. Um, um yeah, they. I mean, they they had uh, two years to get, you know, some of this stuff that Kevin McCarthy is now saying they're going to do done. Um, well, the this little control. This, and, this uh, agenda is the product of uh, a year of town halls and uh, input mm. from from task forces. Um, yeah, and it's really funny because most of it is shit that we've seen right multiple times over the last twenty something years. Right. Um, some things are new, like I said, like the the whole girls only parents girl sports and the parents' bill of rights and <laughs> yes. Uh, this whole thing with China, which I, it's going to be hilarious. We need to move the supply chain away from China. That's it. Basically, sounds like they got it from a, a Facebook uh, group, and uh, well, it's it's um, all it's all the populist, like all the you know yes. all the big tech hate. Which uh, this obsession with big tech, like I get it. Like you know, I'm I'm wary of Facebook. I'm wary of you know all the big new tech giants out there on data privacy and and security and all that but the the republicans have been obsessed with big tech for a while now and i've read a lot of things from gives them a bogeyman i mean yeah i mean i've read a lot of things from various uh conservative outlets that just they're like this is the crisis of our lifetime i'm like really is it that's what we have to break up big tech like i'm it's like i'm not on on its face i'm not necessarily opposed but why is this when, did, when was when were republicans the party of uh anti-business and right. uh, well you know that's um, part of it but, you know uh we'll yeah i mean I, to me it's just it it screams of grievance it screams of looking for an uh, excuse for why they haven't uh had success um and <laughs> thank you um that you you don't have your your soundboard tonight i know i for I, my phone is messed up i can't find the anyway app. i i don't find anything productive emerges out of grievance so um i'm wary i say i'm wary. can they put their money where their, where their mouth is are they actually going to hold hearings of substance and not just 
political bullshit to get back at everybody. Um, I think we know the answer. Will they lead with uh, vote, voting security um, issues, which not to say they shouldn't be doing stuff like that, but is that really what they need to be doing first or even in the first tranche of things? I mean, the sequence is really what's going to matter on how good or bad this looks or plays out. And do they have the uh, attention span to actually see it through? Because most of the time when there's a change in majority, they don't. They they stick with it for the first couple months and then they ditch it for the business as usual. Yeah. Um, yep. So we'll see. Yeah. Yep. Stand by. Only a few short months. Speaking of, I voted today. It was very satisfying. Yeah, uh, dropped my, ma- my dropped my mail in ballot at the Darren, uh, Darren Bailey for governor at the at the, uh, the <laughs> ballot mule. I gave it gave my ballot mule um, his ballot, and now he's going to go vote for me like four times. It's going to be great. Are you going to be a poll um, watcher again this year? I'm not. Okay. Mostly because. Um, you have to get there at five in the morning and have to stay till like 11 o'clock at night. Um, and I'm not up for that. Maybe sometime again Democracy in the future. Just but... not that important to you apparently. Well, plus I don't want to get shot. Oh, um, yeah. So we're our own security. Um, but yeah, uh, it felt good to vote. I was texting you earlier, mm-hmm. um, doing my democratic duty and doing so my research right then. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had just finished. I mean, I, I usually, if I don't know anything or don't have recommendations or endorsements, I, I just don't vote yeah. for that particular. Um, but I pretty much voted for almost everyone on the every position on the ballot. A lot of it's like, you know, judicial retention type stuff. But yeah. um, anyway, good luck voting. Are you going to vote in person or are you going to mail in your ballot? I will vote in person because the our polling places are. You don't believe in mail in. You don't believe no, in mail and ballots. It's just easier to go to my kid's school and I'm just do kidding. it in person. Yeah. The only problem I've now, now that I've done it mail in, it's like it's so easy to sit here and research and and like fill it out as I research. Whereas if you if you're going to a physical polling place, you kind of have to know what you're going to vote. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, good luck with that. Start soon. You're going to go early, or you're going to go uh, day of. Uh, I'd like to go early if I can. Everyone vote out there. I'm sure if you're listening yeah. to this podcast, you probably are going to vote you're a because you're a dork. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, all right. Well, want to talk about what you're into? Finish uh, this off. What am I into? I'm not into much right now that I haven't already mentioned. Um, Besides Kevin McCarthy's yeah. Republic, five-point Republican agenda. His agenda. Um, you, you want me to go first? Yeah, you should go first. Okay, it's going to be quick. I'm into my iPhone 14. <gasps> you got it. I for, iPhone 14 Pro, baby? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. <sighs> um, You're always on the cutting edge. It's pretty much the same, but it does have the... Uh, it does have the dynamic island, which is kind of cool. Um, and you just have you don't have the notch anymore. You just have the the uh, ear where the speaker right. and, the ear, and the ear pieces. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can. It's kind of shiny. Yeah, I see it. It um, is shiny. It's shiny and new. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. 
So that's what I'm into. I love it. I'm not into anything as cool as that. Um, mm. Your symbols, your symbol I'm stand. Into, I'm into shopping on Reverb for things I can't afford right now. There you um, go. You tell people what Reverb is. Reverb is basically it's a marketplace for uh, instruments, uh, musical instruments. It's like uh, eBay for instruments. It's it is you don't eBay for instruments. That is, it, but a lot of it is retail shops uh, and not auctions. Um, right. So you can uh, submit offers, but it's not auctions. Um, it used to be owned by uh, Chicago Mu- Music Exchange, but it was sold to Etsy a couple oh. years ago. So oh, Etsy really? now owns Reverb.com. And um, yeah, it's a good place to find like used, used gear for sure. Vintage instruments, um, new brand new stuff too. Um, it's how I found um, a new crash symbol for my drum set a few weeks ago from the drummer of the Blue Man Group, um, which was I think you told that story on the I last did. episode. I think I did. Okay, it was a very interesting experience. And then, um, but now I'm I, there's a snare drum that has caught my eye uh, that I really want to get. It's uh, but it's it's pricey. Well, your wife's in Cabo, so you can afford you can buy it while she's gone and be like, I think she left her credit card here too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see we'll Bonbons see I, and symbols. Let's see if I can pull the trigger on that one. All there right. Good well, talking to you, buddy. For yeah. those at home, uh, follow us on Twitter at Bros Politics. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. And until then, casino time. We're going. See you, pal. What could possibly go?